Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of September 2nd, 2019. On the show today, a quick D23 wrap-up and special guest Christina Testa-Harrison gives us the lowdown on the new Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, while Jim provides some history on this classic fall event. And speaking of Jim... Let's bring in the man who's trying to find out whether other foods are better when you explode them like corn. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Len, I am so glad you brought up the issue of corn because just like yesterday, I learned that I have been doing corn in the cob wrong my entire life. Corn in boiling water? <laughs> but, it, but here's the thing. <laughs> this recipe was that complicated, well, Jim. Well, that's ahead. what I thought. But it turns out that you're only supposed to put corn in water for literally a minute. For my entire life, I've done it for five minutes, eight minutes. So, in effect, what I've been making is creamed corn on the cob. You know, and clearly a mistake. And I just wish somebody at the Corn Palace had told me about this. You know, you drive all that way, you figure you'd get some knowledge imparted on you, sort of like going to the mountaintop. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. All right, uh, Jim, let's do a quick shout-out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers Dodger Knoll, Ken M., and John L., and the longtime subscribers, Colleen P., Mary B., and M. Paria. Jim, these are the folks who are putting together the mixtape for the new Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind ride at Epcot's also new World Discovery Area. In fact, they're the ones responsible for getting Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, onto Volume 2. So we're in good hands for this ride. Three words for you kids, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, what a good wife you would be. <laughs> Now we're all going to be singing that the rest of the there day. There you go. So. <laughs> Chrissy, do you have any uh, any special uh, uh, 1970s era songs that you uh, you want on the Guardians Dude, of the I Galaxy? Was at, I was at that show maybe 20 times. So not only do I know all the words, but I know all the moves. So we might have to put that on YouTube at some point. <laughs> I'm renowned for my rhythm as well. So you, you never need I'm to hear. You never need to hear Pet Benatar hit me with your best shot ever again. No, I got it all on my phone. I listen to it when I'm in the parks. If I don't want to hear Jeepers Creepers when I'm in the studios again, so mm. I'm a fan. Good point. Good point. All right, folks, let's do the Disney Dish News. Don't forget, folks, it's brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, we're just a few hours from the official opening of Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World. And word from the Transportation and Security Administration is that they've banned the newly designed Coke bottles from airline flights. This is, uh, this is recently announced in the last 24 hours. Jim, we had, we had questions about this on a previous show, right? We said they looked kind of uh, suspicious on an x-ray machine? I think as far back as when they did the initial presentation, the Galaxy Night presentation at Disney Hollywood Studios, and they threw up an image of, hey, and we're going to offer this as a special souvenir. And you were like, I don't think that's going to fly. You know, Literally. <laughs> literally, it's not going to fly. <laughs> And it just figuratively, metaphorically, grammatically, ecumenically, it's not going to fly. You are a Disney PR rep. You have gathered all of these journalists here. And, you know, you've just come through your, your somewhat troubled summer for the Anaheim version of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But now you get to hit the reset button and you get to show off the Orlando version, which isn't going to have any problems. And as you're standing there in the press event, the Orange County Register story drops. At this point... I'm beginning to think that 
if you check your Arabesh, Batu actually stands for Ancient Indian Burial Ground. <laughs> not, not to forget, Jim, but as we're opening this, a hurricane is bearing down on Central Florida. <laughs> this is what I mean. <laughs> Did we know that we were going to be smited? Did we all know oh, that? I don't God. know. <laughs> but, but this all started, evidently, a, a gentleman called Ash Best reached out through Twitter to the AskTSA account and gave a photo of one of the Coca-Cola containers. And the TSA responded, thanks for asking. And basically what they said is replica and inert explosives aren't allowed either carry-on or check bag. So this is literally a no-go. Not just yeah. bringing them on a plane, but literally putting it in your suitcase. If you talk with the, the folks at Imagineering, they recognized that we have our $200 construction own lightsaber. We have our $100 build a droid. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be out of reach for a good portion of our guests. Uh, never mind you know, the limited amount of people who can get in daily to do this experience. But everybody can buy the $5 detonator Coke thing. They can bring it home. They can put it on their desk at work. And it's just, it's a great conversation. It's a conversation piece. No, exactly. That's exactly. And you know what's going to be the new conversation piece now, Jim? Mm -hmm. A Ziploc bag full of blue milk. <laughs> Here's a tip for our listeners. Make sure you get the one that zips, not the one with the two uh, sort of lines. You the zippy one is Splash a little. Mountain. You get the one at Splash Mountain. Exactly. Splash Mountain. It it's free. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It, what this reminds me of is, do you remember how August of 2006, when that story broke about terrorists were going to be carrying liquids on planes and shampoo bottles and snow globes and. Well, no, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It effectively killed the Disney snow globe business because. The TSA set a limit of 3.4 ounces of liquid. You know, that's all you could bring on yep. a plane. And yep. even the smallest snow globe, the two and a half inch diameter one, had 4.7 ounces of liquid in it. It was funny that you mentioned this because uh, over the weekend, Laurel and I were in uh, the Friends Pavilion mm -hmm. and they had a small selection of snow globes for sale. Mm -hmm. And it immediately brought us back mm -hmm. to the pre 9-11 security days yep. when snow globes were actually a thing with Disney. Mm -hmm. And we were surprised that Disney was even attempting to sell them in the souvenir shop now. Like, this has got to be for locals. They weren't just a thing. I mean, you know, hell, the, the, the parade that yeah, they launched, were big, yeah. uh, that share a, a dream come true thing, the entire parade. Right. built on built on a, a snow globe yeah, thing. Yeah, and in fact, you could watch the parade and then turn around, walk into the Emporium and buy miniature replicas. In fact, they're available on, on eBay right now. I was just talking with a friend at Disney today, and they're trying to make a decision they assume that based on what's happening here, Disney is reaching out to the TSA to get some clarification because mm -hmm. the only option is to mail these things home now. And I got to tell you, Leonard, if you go to the U.S. Postal System, you know, you go to your local post office and you're mailing a package. It's going to be $7. It'd be $8 to, uh, to, to mail the $5 bottle of Coke. But not only that, the, the person behind the counter is supposed to ask you, is the con oh fra fragile <laughs> liquid, liquid fragile perishable <laughs> yes <laughs> and you're gonna be like yes yes it is it's like well it only looks hazardous all right you know it's just, yeah. and it used to have liquid in it it's like this is going to be a wonderful conversation with your local post officer that's true you could drink the coke and ship home the uh the empty container yeah but see and then refill it but then what's the point uh, i just i feel like this whole project has been snake bit and and this is the story today as they're launching the park, and Disney has yet to respond about what are they going to do? Well, yeah, they're 
they're scrambling and the PR people are all uh, over at uh, Hollywood Studios right now doing the, the press event thing. Also, again, I mean, and I'm not joking about it, but there is a hurricane sort of bearing yeah, down on us yeah, in, yeah. in central Florida. So they've, they've, got some, they've got some things to work out. Hey, folks, Jim here with a quick update, which I'm recording on Saturday, August 31st. When Len and I originally recorded this show on Wednesday, August 28th, this was what was actually going on with those thermal detonator-themed Coca-Cola containers that were being sold at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, both out at Disneyland Park and at Disney's Hollywood Studios. What the TSA was telling folks was, since these items resembled replica explosives, they couldn't be packed in your checked bag or in your carry-on. Well, just two days later, on Friday, August 30th, the TSA reversed itself. In a statement that was released on Friday, the TSA basically said, Having completed our review of these souvenir items, we are instructing our officers in the field to treat these Star Wars-themed Coca-Cola containers as an oversized liquid. Because these bottles, which are themed to look like faux explosives, contain liquids larger than 3.4 ounces, they should be placed in checked bags or emptied in advance if travelers are looking to bring these souvenirs on the plane as a carry-on item. This is why you just gotta love government bureaucracy. For 48 hours, Disney fans are made to lose their minds because they don't know how they're supposed to safely get these souvenir Coca-Cola containers home from their visit to Galaxy's Edge. But then, when the TSA finally issues an official statement about these items, they never say a word about how these thermal detonators from the Star Wars films look like faux explosives. All the TSA wants to talk about is that, again, that 3.4 ounces of liquid thing again. So, it's now okay to bring your Star Wars souvenir home. You can bring it on the plane if you empty it first before you put it on your carry-on. On the other hand, if you want to take a full one home, well, that has to go in your check bag. But I, I me mean, personally, folks, I don't know as I would recommend that idea. What with the different pressures in the cargo hold and all, it, it's quite likely that once you get home and you open up your suitcase, what you're going to wind up with is an empty thermal detonator-shaped Coke container as well as a pair of cola-flavored boxer shorts. That's a quick update to the story that Len and I recorded on Wednesday, which then got edited into the podcast on Saturday. We now return you to this week's Disney Dish as it was originally recorded back on Wednesday, August 28th. By the way, Jim, Jim did you see that the food courts for uh, Galaxy's Edge opening, the food courts at the Valley Resorts will be opening at 2.30 in the morning. Ooh. So you can get coffee. And I'm just going to point out to listeners mm. that Raglan Road closes at 2 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> By the time you get over to the food court, you could be two thirty. Yeah, well, there we go. We got to just uh, to get some black coffee, sober up. But but but, Len, honestly, <laughs> what are the odds that both Disneyland Park and Disney Hollywood Studios both built their versions of Galaxy's Edge on top of Indian Barrel Grounds? I mean, you know, seriously. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes this weekend. I'm, I'm planning to get in line tonight and see uh, uh, see what it looks like. Cool. cool. All right, Jim, uh, in other news, lots of stuff was announced at D23 mm-hmm. in Anaheim this past weekend. So much, in fact, that we're going to do a separate deep dive Bandcamp exclusive show on it. But let's touch briefly on some of the things that got mentioned. First of all, the redesign of Future World now has a theme and some names. The center of Future World, including Spaceship Earth, will be World Celebration. What we know of as Future World East will be World Discovery. And Future World West which includes the Imagination Pavilion, 
the land pavilion and the seas pavilion will be world nature. Again, world showcase remains. Jim, how does the current imagination pavilion fit into the world nature theme instead of world discovery? Check back in like a year, year and a half, Len. They came within inches of announcing it at the expo. It was the inside out rethemed redo of this attraction, but a lot of stuff fell off the table. A lot of stuff did fall off the table. We'll save that for the Bank Hip exclusive. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Brazil didn't get announced given the social media that we saw ahead of time. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later. The other issue that the future world name basically goes away. And yeah. we have our world celebration, world discovery, world nature. And remember when they were talking Project Gemini, the whole notion, same thing, the future world name went away and this part of the park was going to be called Discovery Land. Disney has, is tired of chasing the future. What they want to do with what they're doing for the, for the front half of the theme park is create an evergreen. And that I don't mean just all the trees they're planting. They want a <laughs> section of this park that they don't have to keep circling back on. They don't have to constantly chase to stay current. So... Yeah. If they don't call it Future uh, future World, no one will be reminded that it's supposed to show the future. So I get it. Uh, also, Jim, a new Mary Poppins dark ride and house and street are coming to the UK. We thought this originally could be anything from a dark ride down to a merry-go-round. And indeed, some early concept art showed a merry-go-round. It did. It uh, did. For it. You mentioned Brazil. But when that project got pushed back, suddenly there was a lot more money to be spent, right. you know, in other portions of future, or excuse me, a world showcase. And so this is what happened. We went from hmm. sort of a low-tech meet and greet with Mary and Jack and a, a carousel in the park to, uh, this is a, a pretty sizable thing, though this is a really fluid attraction that Disney is now throwing a lot more money at this idea, but they haven't necessarily locked anything other than you enter through Cherry Tree Lane and you get to go into the Banks' house and you get to look up at Admiral Boom's house while you're standing outside. What's inside? TBD. It could go anywhere from sort of a, a super deluxe meet and greet similar to Anna and Elsa's summer house to a legitimate dark ride. But right now, hmm. this is very, very fluid, Len. I'm hoping that the gift shop exit to this has a Rosetta Stone tapes where you can uh <laughs> that you can buy and learn how to do dick van dyke's cockney accent <laughs> i i would pay valid a lot of valid money for uh, for that remind me on a later show with the dick van dyke actually tells an amazing story about the veteran voice actor walt disney himself told dick to go talk to this guy to learn a Cockney accent. So he, he learned it from a legitimate guy from the UK whose, whose face you'd recognize in an instant. He did all sorts of television, 60s and 70s. And you know, Dick was like, it's his fault, not mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim, speaking of fluid plans, Epcot also announced the Journey of Water, uh, water exploration area inspired by Moana. And outside of the Seas Pavilion where Innoventions West currently is, Christina, did you see this? Yeah, water is the essence of wetness. And it's my Zoolander quote. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> Giovanna is a humongous Moana fan. So it honestly, they could put like a little tent over the splash pads and play the music that we know. It'd be like and Moana. It's going to be a yeah. huge hit. Hmm. Up until just six months ago, this was a, a fairly generic 
walk to the sea water play area. I mean, the idea was it was interactive fountains and mm -hmm. kids could walk through and families could walk through the space and then get over to the seas with Nemo and friends. And what wound up happening was Bob Chapek has never met an IP, especially one that's earned more than $500 million at the box office, that he didn't like. And so very late in the game, the Moana theme sort of got shoehorned into this project. And don't get me wrong, you're right. You know, there's a lot of people who will love this oh, because yeah. it has yeah. a Moana tie-in. But at the same time, it's like a lot of the stuff that just got announced at D23 is IP-driven. And I don't know if you saw the piece that ran in the Los Angeles Times just yesterday, but there's a number of folks who were just sort of like, the weird thing is because Disney's doing so many ride shows and attractions that are based on IPs right now, they're squeezing the theme out of their theme parks. Do you feel like that on that note that it messes up the magic for you? Because for me, when I see the newer mm -hmm. stuff and, and it's all mm -hmm. like the Moana thing is announced and now there's this new Moana baby and there's a lot new Moana merchandise overnight. Mm -hmm. For me, that kills some of the magic. Does it? ever do that for you the history of the disney company is based on merchandising right this year we just celebrated the 90th anniversary of mickey mouse mm -hmm. and from the moment that character came on the scene disney was i want to say the first thing that got licensed was a a pencil box or some stationery or something like that so they've always done this i think the problem is right now it is such a coordinated effort there's an event that's being held this fall in mid-October, but it, it literally is on one day, all of the merch hits for Frozen 2, right. Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, and The Mandalorian. And that's like six weeks out from the film itself. And then when the film comes out, there's a second wave of merch. And mm -hmm. then by the time the Blu-ray and DVD hits, there's a third wave of merch. So it's... <laughs> It's just sort of this whole, excuse me, while I grab you by your ankles and shake. You know, I know you have more money in your wallet. So. It feels that way. That's classic. The Moana thing, the art looks lovely, but very, very, very late in the game. That got an IP folded into it. It is, but uh, that brings me up to the, uh, the next thing. Spaceship Earth is getting a uh, new theme as well. And it's going from the history of communication to the history of storytelling. What's the 30-second what's the uh, synopsis of this? I don't know if you saw, but did yeah. the art actually, the concept art that's out there showed an image of Moana. And we are stepping away from classic Epcot to go with the notion of people come to the Disney theme parks to see the Disney characters. So let's put them in Spaceship Earth. And even as somebody who wasn't necessarily a fan of the original Epcot in 82, this bothers me, Len. We're getting further and further away from whatever this park was when it started out in the early 80s. Right. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about that on our uh, Bandcamp exclusive show because mm -hmm. I have thoughts. Okay. All right. A couple of other things, uh, Jim, that uh, we knew about but that got names. The Guardians of the Galaxy ride is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Mm -hmm. The name of the restaurant by Mission Space is Space 220, which I think we already knew because we'd seen job postings for that. Mm -hmm. The new China film is called Wondrous China, and uh, it was confirmed that it'll be a seamless film projection, which, again, we already knew. The new Canada film is Canada Far and Wide, also a seamless film projection. The uh, 
Canada far and wide. I just see Bob and Doug McKenzie. It's low hanging fruit. Don't do it, Len. <laughs> I just, it just, it's, it's it, don't, don't go for the cheap laugh. Okay. All right. The Tron attraction at the Magic Kingdom is Tron Light Cycle Run. I think we sort of knew that. And it was confirmed that the new Cirque du Soleil show at Disney Springs opens on March 20th, 2020. And it's the history of Disney animation. So I think the thing that we've seen with, with the Moana thing, with the Spaceship Earth storytelling thing, with the Cirque show is folding IP into, uh, into everything. Mm-hmm. So those are the big name announcements. Jim, there was one more announcement, I think, that I, uh, one more big announcement I want to talk about. The Disney Genie app was announced. It's a new app that provides custom itineraries for your park day coming in late 2020. The press release reads in part, and I'm quoting, Sometimes you may know exactly what you want to do, but you may not know the best time or order in which to do it. You'll be able to tell Disney Genie what you'd like to experience, and it will quickly evaluate millions of options to present you with an optimal day. And best of all, it's flexible. If you change your mind for any reason, Disney Genie will re-optimize your day. I've never heard of such a thing, Jim. I have this feeling of deja vu. I just don't know why, Len. You know, just... (laughs) So I think we've said in the show before that I've known for over a year. Mm -hmm that Disney's been working on this. And I've spoken to current and former members of the team working on it, because as you can imagine, this is a relatively specialized field and everybody kind of knows everybody or knows someone who knows them. So uh, so to protect those people, uh, I'm not going to say a lot about how it's supposed to work. Uh, I will say though, that my initial reaction was, was one of satisfaction. And it's for this reason. Uh, not many people get to see a company the size of Disney uh, recognize the value of an idea that they've worked on for almost 20 years. In fact, I was, uh, I was talking to Bob uh, Selinger uh, on Monday. We have a normal you know, Monday catch-up call. And I was like, I saw this 20 years ago, but you saw this 35 years ago. So you're the real visionary here. And we both had a nice, uh, a nice laugh about that. That was good. You guys, what you do with touring plans, it's so dynamic and you work so hard at it. And I honestly wonder if Disney knows what they're getting themselves into here. A lot of smart people working on it. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to quote here uh, Mike Tomlin, Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Uh, I embrace the challenges that come with the role. Okay. There we go. All right. We'll move on. Jim, the next Disney ship is the Disney Wish, slated to start cruising in 2022. So from what I understand, Mm. Disney's taking delivery of this in late 2021. So the cruises start in 2021. 22. And that means that sometime next year, Christina, we should be able to see what the itineraries look like. I'm a little surprised we didn't hear any more details about the ship, but again, you can't book it for another year. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is going to be a D23 announcement. I would assume, but we've joked about the spinner that's hidden back in the office, the magic, wonder, wishes. Magic, magic dreams, wishes. What's left for the last two ships? Disney, more magic. You know, I I would say it would be the Disney Plus. Uh. (laughs) Okay, yes. There we go. I don't don't know. Uh, Speaking of names, the the Star Wars Hotel outside of Disney's Hollywood Studios is named Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. And Jim, we had talked about this, I think, more than a year ago. We had compared it to going on a cruise. And I think we had talked about it in terms of cruise pricing. Mm -hmm. But Disney actually confirmed a couple of things. One, uh, that it will be like a cruise and that everybody embarks at the same time on the same two-day journey. Wow. This, from an operations point of view, is going to be fascinating. Well, it's, it's only a few hundred people going into the into the hotel rooms, right? I mean, the onboarding part is going to be fairly straightforward. It's the play coordinating up to, you know, near 400 to 800 people. Yeah, you know? I get that this is a fairly big land, but this is a relatively small hotel. And I don't know if you saw, they talked about how 
you know, they'll allow you to go onto the bridge and you can have a, you know, an experience where you get to drive the ship a little bit. And it's just sort of like, how would you like to be the 6.15 in the morning, come down and drive the ship? You know, that <laughs> your time is 2.30 to 2.35. Yeah, getting uh, getting you to do those things without making it feel like you're standing in lines mm-hmm. is going to be interesting. By the way, Jim, did you see in the concept art, the girl brandishing the lightsaber and deflecting blaster fire? Now, where, from where something have, coming. have I seen that before? That's what that patent was. We thought it was going to, I thought it was going to be for the ride. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's for the hotel. Okay. So that's, that's where that's going. The using the lightsaber thing, the effects about the blasters, the effects with the uh, cutting through the wall, that's going to be the hotel. Well, and no, actually the cutting through, I don't know if you saw the footage that they put out there for Rise of the Resistance. Oh, Rise of the Resistance. Sorry, I, mi- I, mi- I mixed up the two. Yeah, yeah. There, they showed the lightsaber cutting through. Actually, it looked like the ceiling. Ah, that's being used okay. for that moment in that ride. Whereas this Star Wars Jedi lightsaber training—that's for the hotel. It's kind of a mix and match situation. The other thing that I thought was interesting in the uh, concept art for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is the return of droids in the concept art. Tinier space and bigger price tag. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we'll talk about more of that, more, uh, of that in our upcoming Bandcamp exclusive show. Mm-hmm. A couple of other things. The uh, permanent illuminations replacement is called Harmonious, with a capital U and a capital S at the end. This is a celebration of Disney uh, animation music from different countries. So I'm guessing that Morocco will have Lion King and so on. And UK will have Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. China, Mulan. Yeah, that's what we're expecting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no. Uh, and did they give a date on that, Jim? We have our Epcot Forever, Illuminations Forever uh, debuting, I want to say October 1st or thereabouts. And after yep. that, it gets vague. I've heard that this could be up and running as early as April of next year, more likely May. Okay. All right, so summer. But it's going to be a fascinating situation where they'll be presenting the sort of Epcot Forever show at night, and then they'll be rehearsing the new show two, three, four o'clock in the morning. So this would be a very good time yeah. to get one of those rooms at the beach resort that faces into Epcot. Wander around around 11 o'clock at there night with a so. uh, cell phone camera. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Jim, uh, my favorite announcement of the entire D23. Christy, I want your uh, your take on this. Hilary Duff is going to reprise her role as Lizzie McGuire in a reboot of the Lizzie McGuire show. i super <laughs> excited about this. It's funny because I was um, I was joking with some people online mm-hmm. a couple days, the night before the, uh, the announcement, and I said, wouldn't it be great if the secret project <laughs> that Disney had hyped up is a Lizzie McGuire reboot? Lo and behold, I'm just saying that uh, Hillary Duff currently in New York filming her show for, was it the USA Network? Mm-hmm. New York is a small town. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't know. I'm not saying I knew. Okay. Just saying. You're obviously town. excited either way. I am very excited about it. No word on whether the uh, the rest of the cast is coming back, but uh, cautiously optimistic here. There is a wonderful story about how the the Lizzie McGuire show was ending on the Disney Channel and supposed to transition to ABC along with a series of movies that Lizzie's mom, who is also her agent, kind of blew that hole up. Couldn't agree on things. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just interesting that years after the fact, we're finally getting back on track here. So So Jim, one more uh, thing, uh, and then we'll we'll go into our main topic about not not so scary Halloween party. 
during the Parks and Resorts announcement on Sunday, it seemed like Disney spent a lot of time in that Parks and Resorts panel talking about their partnership with Target stores. I didn't see how that fit in. And they spent a lot of time on that. What's the link here that I'm missing? And remember, we're talking only 25 stores, at least initially. And and in fact, I'm trying to get a handle on where exactly these are all going to pop up. There's supposedly a list online. But okay, so it's Disney stores inside a Target store. Okay. At least one of which will be in Orlando. Yeah. And again, you got to remember, we are just 18 months or so out from the most magical celebration, the 50th uh, for Walt Disney World. And supposedly these 25 are a sort of a trial run for literally there being a Disney store. The way it's designed is it's supposed to straddle a soft goods section of the park and the toy aisle. To one side, you'll have clothing and household items, and to the other side, you'll have the stuff for the... The parks, coupled with the the latest hit films or that sort of thing. I get the idea. Mm-hmm. The thing I didn't understand is, why is this in a D23 Parks and Resorts panel? The idea is that there is going to be so much merch from the parks celebrating the 50th that will be in these Target stores, at least in 2021. This is Bob Chapek's vision. Look what he did to the department. It's consumer products, parks, and experiences. In his mind, it's all one thing. So the notion is you should be able to go to your local Target and buy something that makes you think of, oh, the Disney parks, you know, and how I need to go there to experience this new show. One of the the more interesting parts of this discussion is that supposedly Bob has seen those families who were walking around the park with the T-shirts that, you know, they had printed. Yeah, the etsification of uh, T-shirts and then Disney copying them. That's it, exactly. You know, the whole notion of what if say, if you were able to go to Target.com, you know, you could get those made, you know, with licensed Disney imagery. And again, you know, use your cartwheel, you know, account at at Target to get 5% off. It doesn't necessarily fit as you and I envision the Disney company. But as far as Bob Chapek is concerned, consumer products and parks are all one thing. And, you know, going into Target is just a logical extension of where he's taken the company. And also, if I, if I may, being Target's <laughs> target audience and Disney's target audience <laughs> as the mother. You're the, you're the middle am, of Indigram. I control every penny in the household and every bit of my disposable income is either spent at Target or Disney. So for me, this was like the big announcement, you know, other than the, the genie thing, <laughs> really? I was like, they're, they're in my head. And it's not just me, it's all of my peers and all of Gigi's friends, moms, we were, they were all texting me, did you see this? So to me, this is <laughs> genius. I mean, it's going to be horrible for me, but it's genius. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back. Christine is going to tell us all about her visit to the new Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. I hope Aaron yeah, introduces some spooky outro music for this. We'll be right back. All right, folks. Many of you longtime listeners know my younger sister, Christina, from her Not exploits. Younger on the old WDW Today podcast, much younger, on the old WDW Today podcast, where she's told stories about throwing up in ponchos while riding buses. Yeah, she's mom now and it's different, exactly. Things change, but some things don't change. And one of the things that don't change is uh, Chrissy's willingness to do some research for us. 
this case, we sent Christy to the first not so scary Halloween party of 2019, August which I believe was <laughs> yes, April, we May, uh, August. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yep. August. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we know that there's a bunch of uh, yeah. of new things in in 2019. So yeah, so I've been um, every year for the last 75, and this was the first time that um, I felt that panic, you know, that you get when you're a mom and you want your kid to do every single thing. I, even knowing that I'm going three more times and she's coming. Oh, you brought, uh, you brought, uh, yeah. Giovanna, Gigi. Oh yeah. Oh, you brought, uh, yes. You brought, Gigi came, uh, six year old. Um, and she was Moana and, um, and, and no, mm. she knew that this was a work trip and she understands and she knows, you know, mommy's going to take a thousand pictures and all of that. But I still, there was so much to do. I have never seen an event where uh, I'm panicked and I, I know which bathrooms are best. You know, I'd like, I'm there five times a week, but right. I still felt that like, ah, you know, a <laughs> little bit of panic because there <laughs> are so many things to do and it is absolutely impossible to do all of them. In one night, you really have to go. Give me an example of some of the things that there are to do. You have to see the show, The Hocus Pocus. If you're at all a fan of any villain, uh, Dr. Facilier nailed it. It was fantastic. But it's led by the Sanderson sisters, Hocus Pocus. Parts of it, I would say, were teeny bit maybe spooky for the younger kids. There seemed to be a little bit of uh, a couple freakouts where we were standing, but it could have been that it, they were all hopped up on sugar. Um, the show was fantastic. Could be. I have to say the biggest hit with Giovanna and her, her buddies was the Descendants dance party. Descendants, very big deal. Disney's cashing in on that. Wisely. Mm. Still, because okay, it's been around for a couple of years. Descendants 3 came out. Yes, it has been around for a while. Descendants 3 came out, to Jim's point, yes, did well. And now, all of a sudden, I just took Gia to do the Mermaid Makeover at Pirates League, right? We loved that. Well, mm-hmm. I saw two days before, so it was August 14th, I saw there were Descendants costumes in the shop as you come off of Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, immediately, we started thinking, like, they're going to have a makeover. Well, they don't have an official makeover. It's right. not on the website. It's not when you call Magical Moments, but they have moved these $100 costumes, they're $99 for the Descendants costume, to the front. So mm-hmm. they're on the rack at the Pirates League, but it's not an official makeover. You have to still buy. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to buy the $99. It's off menu. Costume. Yes. <laughs> But they have the wigs. They have the crowns. In and out burger of uh, animal style. Oh my god, I love this. Okay, Okay. and you pay more for that than you do one of the on menu makeovers. Absolute genius. So to me, the Descendants dance party, very big hit. Um, And it, it, all it was is, it's not like they have the characters there. They have them on screen, and they have these prompts that the DJ will play. Really fun music. I think I sent you some video of Gigi dancing. Super fun, and all of the hosts, you know, are dancing with the kids. And of course they're wonderful. Um, and they get all of the more reluctant children involved. That was great. The thing I was most impressed by is the allergy friendly stuff this year. They have taken it to a whole new level. So when we check in, you know, you check in and you go behind main street and you get your bag. Well, I said, I need a regular bag and I need allergy friendly bags. I wanted to test it out and see, what do you do? Is it fun for the poor kids that can't eat peanuts or have any number of the eight allergies that they cover? Yeah. And so you get your big mm-hmm. blue bag. 
So the thing that I will warn about that made me a little nervous was in the beginning, right at seven o'clock, they start handing out the candy, right? And so all of the the giant light up pillars with M&Ms on them come out and everybody's all crazed to get their candy and they're parting around. The, oh, does, does it, does the swarming start right at seven? For the candy. Man, people yes, wait in for candy. You have to be out of the park by six if you're not part of the party. They do not start selling the party specific treats like Constance's the hatchet cake or the push pops with Jack and Sally. I mean, those lines were like 45 people long. There's party specific merch with the Sanderson sisters. It was roped off like at the big top souvenirs. People were lined up for that everywhere we went. Cause we got there at four. Cause I wanted to check everything out. Was it hot? We live on the face of the sun. It's been, it's been in the mid nineties every day. I carry deodorant in my backpack. I, I apologize, but I don't think it helped. I've just resigned myself to being offensive to everyone, both visually and, uh, and, and olfactorily. It's like the rainforest, but with lava. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. you could tell who the Canadians were and you just wanted to hug them with ice. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Fred, Fred was here. Fred from Ottawa was here and he was like, he's like, I don't know how people do this. We really have to CC the central Florida tourism board. You know, that that's a lovely, oh, yeah. really it's like the rainforest <laughs> only with lava. You, uh, the, Mickey Mouse is the only thing that can keep you in Florida. Honestly, I don't know why we live here. Otherwise, if, Disney World closed. I got nothing for you. <laughs> the awesome thing is if you go by Starbucks and you get two train to cups of ice, okay? You save your cups because turtles. You save your cups, but you get your free ice. Don't use those little spouts that they have because everybody puts their mouth on their bottle and then puts the bottle on the spout. Don't do that. Ask the nice people at Starbucks for free water. Anyway. Um, that's how you don't pass out. Yes, people were lined up. They were lined up for everything. They were lined oh, yeah. up for candy, for the treats, for the Haunted Mansion popcorn buckets. There were lines everywhere. And oh, they didn't yeah. have all the popcorn buckets at one location. They were at three locations. That's right. Yes. Oh, sorry, that's where you go through the park. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just good bucks, crowd management right like there. Four kernels worth every penny. That's not even a joke. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> It's something that you could put on the uh, the end of your purse. Not, it, and, uh, you don't actually around. use them. You keep yeah. them in the plastic nice. if you're a real collector. Like I have my Minnie Mouse and my Steamboat Willie and all of that. Um, yes. Fireworks were really cool. Treats were really cool. The thing that, you know, there were glitches because it was the first night. So like the parade got stuck and the audio was off at some of the parties. I'm sure all of that was worked out by the, the second party. But the thing that was um, sort of stood out to me with the allergy thing was I was I've never been told that I'm quiet. So when I would go up to the line for the candy, I would say, I have an allergy. I need an allergy token. And they give you a little poker chip. I'm sure that's not what they're called, little chip. But some of the cast members, because there were 700,000 people waiting for the candy, were very efficient and very fast. And they would sometimes just dump the chocolate candy in my allergy bag. And if you've got a little one, you know, if you if you're a mom of somebody who's allergy sensitive, you're going to be on that anyway. But they're supposed to just give them a little token, and then yeah. there are two locations. I have to say, it was the stuff that they gave them. You redeemed the token for treats. So well done, so uh-huh. well organized. And the treats, Gigi Good. ended up liking better than the two and a half pounds, literally, of chocolate. Yeah, you sent me that. You sent me a picture of the the chocolate on the scale. Was it all me- melted into a giant brick? No, by the time you got it's home? cold. So I got in a little bit of trouble. 
scolded. Oh, I didn't get trouble. I got scolded. So I saw there was, they were wheeling around the boxes, right? And I'm nosy because uh, I work for touring plans. And so I saw, that I could see some of the writings. I was like trying to snap a picture of what the box said. And it's 30 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. So I put my hand on each box is 30, 30 pounds, of pounds. Candy. and i was <laughs> so i was okay. uh, then you know trying to count how many were at each delivery i can't even imagine thousands of pounds but anyway it's specially packaged for disney and they they keep it cold um for the party now at the end of the night uh, okay. they everything was weeping and it was you know but it's chocolate you're gonna eat it doesn't matter it's yeah. still wrapped I mean, it's still up wrapped and it's up, still right? wonderful. And of course, Mars always has like one or two new things, you know, like they bring out their shiny new stuff during this party to show off. When you get your initial bag, when you go mm-hmm. in, you get your, your treat bag and then you get your initial like welcome bag that has like six pieces in it to start you off. So that alone is pretty awesome. It was really That's good great. fun. The allergy thing was probably my, um, the highlight for me that you got better stuff. You get gummy bears and gummy worms and these really good cookies you can get some toys it was to me it was better than just the two and a half pounds of chocolate that's fantastic uh can you describe what you got yes. when you turned yeah. in the tokens? There's a, what, so there's what, a menu you know. so there's two places that you go and they have the it's like the tiffany blue the blue pumpkin moms and i'm sure dads of children with allergies recognize it it's like a visual queue for them so there's the one um spot was at the liberty square ticket office right next to the hall of presidents and then the other one is at the town square Mm. theater so if you're like leaving you're like oh man we have our tokens so you go through the line it was there were maybe five or six people this is two and a half hours in maybe five or six people ahead of us they have all of the treats behind a counter in these little sorting bins and they have a menu in front of you that lists the allergies that they're covering. So it's milk, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish, wheat, and soy, and all of the items on the list. What kind of Halloween candy has shellfish? Well, but they also tell you that the items on this list are processed in facilities that do not not process them. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Shrimp flavored M and M's is what I was going. Cream of crab caramel, Lynn. Come on, Mitsukashi are good. So <laughs> they had the so usual gogurt that I feel like they push at everything, and I know I'm going to get it food and yeah. wine, and I will eat. But the yeah. I'm telling you, man, those gummy worms and the Smarties. And I have to say, the cast member we had, she knew yeah. not to put any Smarties in the bucket because who wants a Smartie? Sorry to the Smarties people, but there's so many other better things. <laughs> They have a menu. It's all printed. They have English and Spanish. They had people that would. uh, It was so extremely well done. It was the most Disney thing I've seen Disney do in a very long time. Like it was like old school Disney, if that makes sense. It was just so efficient and so well done and well thought out. I was very impressed. You think it was worth the uh, cost? Yeah. I mean, I bought two more tickets myself with my money. Cool. Not yours. Yeah, I'm going two more times <laughs> <It's really laughs> um, with friends. Yeah, definitely yeah. worth the money. And yeah, and I don't enough. say that about everything. The villains after dark, I will mm-hmm. never go right. again unless I'm forced to, because to me that wasn't worth the money. But Halloween party is. Absolutely. No question. So did Giovanna give it a rating on her unicorn scale of one to five unicorns? Gave it five unicorns and keeps asking when we're going again. We actually bought tickets for friends of hers. Oh, yeah. We got all of our costumes. And, of course, all the costumes need to be nice and cool. That would be my other piece of 
advice. It is Florida. Do yeah. not wear, if you can, wh- whoever's in a tank top, that's who you want to be. <laughs> Homer Simpson in a tank top, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, very cool. Lovely Thank job you. summing up the event. Super fun. Good job, Chrissy. All right, we may have to have you on again to do uh, other parties. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish Show today. If you still want more, 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 head on over to DisneyDish.BandCamp.com where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who's practicing for the Champagne Cork Shoot-Off Contest at this weekend's 33rd annual Grape Fest Festival in Grapevine, Texas. Pop some bottles, Aaron, and save me a glass. While you're waiting for those results, please go into iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.